Season's greetings, market participants, and welcome to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hester, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. Pipelines are full and the news flow is steady, which is keeping all of us busy. It sure beats the alternative. All right, let's get started. This week, our three things are, one, the leveraged loan market saw deals pulled this week prompting some market heavyweights to wonder if this is the start of something bigger. We'll weigh in. Two, China has become a remarkably fluid story influencing credit markets. Here's what to watch in 2022. Three, small to mid-sized business indicators are flashing yellow. Don't lose sight of what is happening in this sector that is so important to economic growth. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. A couple of weeks ago, I was on a webinar where one credit investor characterized current market conditions in a way that caught my attention. You could sell a three-legged donkey in the capital markets today, said this observer. So when three leveraged loan deals got pulled this week, I got stuck trying to figure out what's worse than a three-legged donkey. Well, apparently a Taco Bell franchise operator, a digital marketing company, and a firm that provides doctors to emergency rooms. All were raising money to finance acquisitions. You have to go back to March of 2020 to find a month where that many deals were pulled. Now, it comes amidst concern over just how impactful Omicron will be and ahead of today's U.S. CPI report that made good on forecasts of a market-shaking headline number. It also comes in the final days of the year, which always introduces some tricky technicals in markets. And to that point, We are seeing some of the largest outflows in leveraged loans in more than a year as investors flatten out risk heading into year end. But is there more than meets the eye here? Dan Fuss, now chair of Loomis Sales, says investors are taking the most risk he's seen in the past six decades. David Solomon, Goldman Sachs CEO, reflected back on his 40-year career and acknowledged that we are in one of those periods where, quote, greed has far outpaced fear. Unquote. And Jeffrey Gunlock weighed in, saying that rough waters are ahead for financial markets and that turbulence and high yield might be the canary in the coal mine for risk assets. Now, it wouldn't be a stretch when you consider that the bid for high yield has been nothing short of extraordinary throughout the pandemic period, when on the run investment grade returns have been hammered by the ultra low rates market and where government support from unprecedented fiscal and monetary accommodation to the corporate, municipal, and asset-backed buying programs that have backstopped risk. But some of that support is falling away. The fiscal impulse is turning negative. There is pressure to raise rates, and economic growth is decelerating. That tells us that this buy-everything strategy, including those three-legged donkeys, that has largely worked throughout the pandemic, is beginning to shift, sensibly in our opinion, to more selective posture. We are cautious a bit more than unusual, said a high-yield money manager that I spoke to this past week. and He attributed the growing conservatism to not only late-in-the-cycle sensibility, but also questionable value with yields still skinny by historical standards. But let's not overstate the concern creeping into the leveraged loan market. The search for yield marches on and the CLO machine continues to run full throttle. It will take real evidence of the economy slowing for this market to materially shift. Look for that, possibly, in the second half of 2022. And one more point is worth reiterating. 
we are in uncharted waters. So all of that backward-looking context is certainly informative, but not, I repeat, not necessarily predictive of the future. This is all new. We'll have to make it up as we go along. All right, on to our second thing, China. Year in and year out, China matters on many fronts. Geopolitically, changes in its relationships with Taiwan in particular and the Pacific Rim nations in general is always at or near the top of the list of what could upset markets. Its trading and influence around the world over the past decade or so has made it a formidable competitor to the U.S. in that regard. And speaking of which, the unique codependency between the U.S. and China, where we buy its goods and it finances our deficit, makes for interesting dynamics, to say the least. And as that relationship evolves, we get things that matter to markets, like trade friction, which came to a boil under the Trump administration, signaling that this relationship was fraying. Hello, uncertain. And we bring all of this up because China is, all of a sudden, a fluid story. Over the past decade, it has been an important and constant engine of economic growth in the world. But a remarkable thing is taking place. Its reassertion of its core values, President Xi's so-called Common Prosperity Campaign, is taking place mid-air, and it has emerged as a material point of additional uncertainty to financial markets. Much of Xi's agenda, from delisting Chinese firms' shares in New York to clamping down on high-tech enabled data-driven corporate giants at home, to reducing the country's economic reliance on highly leveraged real estate development, is not a move of retrenchment. Rather, it's a mid-course correction aimed at maintaining Chinese Communist Party control of its commercial sector. It can be seen as a bold move to reduce possible distractions that could undermine President Xi's desire to remain in power, possibly by reactivating the office of the chairman of the CCP when it meets in the second half of 2022. China has not been ruled from that seat since the death of Chairman Mao in 1976. That makes 2022 effectively a year in which Xi is running for office. We believe minimizing negative headlines is one of his top priorities. That has implications, of course, for risk markets. Take Evergrande. Now in default, $300 billion of debt that needs to be restructured. The goal now is not only curtailing overly leveraged real estate development, but preventing contagion. The solution? Engineer a quiet bailout and use it as a catalyst to central bank easing. Take economic growth. Implementing common prosperity will drag down economic growth. The solution? Ramp up the export machine. In November, exports hit an all-time high of $325 billion, 47% above the November 2019 level. Anecdotes for sure, but we believe enough is at stake here for China to do what it can to avoid a disorderly transition toward common prosperity. And that should be favorable for risk markets and global GDP growth in 2022. All right, on to our third thing, rumblings from down under. No, this has nothing to do with Australia. This has to do with small to mid-sized business in the U.S., Get past the megacap story that dominates the headlines, both in markets and fundamentally, and you'll find a story that is nowhere near as optimistic. Maybe Mr. Gunlock should add this to his list of canaries in his coal mine. Take the Russell 2000. It's trading down near correction territory, some 9% off its November high. 
That's the first time since the pandemic period began that the smaller firm index has had a correction. Consider the National Federation of Independent Business Small Business Optimism Index. Its most recent report for October, the index is well off its June 2021 recent peak, which was close to the level it held in 2019. But more alarmingly, its expectations component, respondents answering the question of do you expect better business conditions over the next six months, well, that fell to a negative 37%, the lowest level since the dark days of November 2012. The NFIB commented that, quote, small business owners are attempting to take advantage of current economic growth, but remain pessimistic about business conditions in the near future, unquote. Its members cite labor and inventory shortages as impediments to growing their businesses. And finally, consider the most recent Federal Reserve Senior Loan Officer Survey. The October reading showed the first tightening move since the Fed stepped in to support credit back in March of 2020. Now, don't misread this development. Cheap credit is still widely available. Remember our three-legged donkeys. And some of loan underwriter concern, no doubt, is related to the uncertainty surrounding the potential effects of Omicron. But we suspect there is more at play here. Small businesses are struggling, more than their larger brethren, to adapt to the current commercial state of play, which is characterized by supply chain inefficiencies and labor shortages. And small caps are better proxies for broad-based economic growth, which, of course, is decelerating as the effects of stimulus wear off. We certainly do not want to overstate concern here, but we are always looking to test our conviction to check against complacency. You know, look for those canaries in the coal mines. They are more relevant to creditors than three-legged donkeys. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, the leveraged loan market is becoming more discerning, and that's good at this point in this cycle. Two, China has become a remarkably fluid story influencing credit markets. We expect less drama in 2022. And three, small to mid-sized business indicators are flashing yellow. We see it as a dependable gauge of a decelerating economy. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on kbra.com for our latest rating reports and research. Stay safe and we'll see you next week.